Welcome back, bad movie lovers, to the latest episode of the Worst Movie of the Year, a City Geek podcast, in which we look at the worst things to come out for whatever particular year you've chosen. Uh, in this case, we're looking at 2020, uh, we're going to our current year, uh, for a movie that popped up on Netflix uh, last week. So I do want to keep everything going as new bad movies come in uh, as this as this podcast continues this year, next year, as things continue. If we eventually run out of bad movies, we'll find out what we do from there. Uh, oh, you'll never run out of bad movies. <laughs> never run out of bad movies. I've seen your movie collection, Tony. We got plenty. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I am Bob Foster, and I'm here with a wonderful panel of people. Uh, if it, I'm going to introduce y'all, that way everyone can know each other's voices uh, for anyone listening at home for today's movie. Uh, down here, I have a Tony K. Hello. Yes, this is Tony. I co-host. Uh, I'm the I'm the honorable co-host of CityofGeek.com, and I write for the Sunbreak.com about film and ArtistHome.org about movies. I have Jason Weiss. Hey guys. Uh, yep, I'm a Crypticon panelist as well as a musician. Uh, go by Laughing Window. All my stuff's on Spotify, Bad Bandcamp, all that, and a big time uh, movie fan. And Mike Kehoe. Hi, I'm Mike Kehoe. I'm a writer-director. Uh, you can find my stuff on uh, YouTube at Outwest Productions. And I uh, said so I'm Bob Foster, also part of City of Geek with Tony here, uh, panelist and film reviewer for Crypticon as well. Um, and everyone here has either come to Crypticon, well, everyone here has been at Crypticon uh, or have had their film at <laughs> it, so <laughs> it works out. Uh, so it was this week, uh, yeah, even though I announced Daddy Day Camp, Daddy Day Care two weeks ago, I've keep delaying it last week for Glitter with uh, Tony, uh, Cody, and Kim with all of City of Geek. Um, and then all of us, uh, and now this week, I noticed that this had popped up on Netflix on June, on June 7th. Um, I don't think I mentioned the title yet. We are talking today about The Last Days of American Crime, uh, directed by Oliver Megaton, who made Taken 2 and 3 and a couple of the Transporter movies, uh, written by Carl Gadjusek. And it's based on a graphic novel by Rick Remender and Greg Duccini. Um, and we're looking at a 15 a Metacritic, uh, 2.7 user average. And also currently has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes as well with a 25% user. So it's generally hated across the board, even by uh, audiences. Sometimes these movies tend to do a little better with audiences. Uh, so coming into this, uh, of course, for first time for all of us, I assume, I don't think anyone's going to want to watch this when it came out on Netflix originally, and then immediately you watch it and ask you guys if you want to see it. So it's just it's nice to have something that's a fresh one for everybody. Cause usually a couple of times we may have seen one or, see, or some of us may have seen yeah. it a few times. So it's uh, interesting to come through with something, um, like this. I hadn't even heard of it until I was looking at a bit of a critic. I'm like, Oh, babe, what, what the hell is this shit? Uh, I had, I, I, yeah, I mean, I had seen it on Netflix and just scrolled past it. it I'm just like, oh, okay, this is kind of like, uh, well, like the end result of somebody placing a piece of tracing paper over the purge, and <laughs> this is like basically what you get, um, and then put it in a mirror. It's kind of reverse of that. Uh, yeah, I had no idea except just the description and a still, you know, and also, um, I. I'm just, I'm not, I've never seen any of, I think it's Olivier, actually, Olivier okay. Megatons, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> previous films, but he, he's got some experience as an action director. Um, you wouldn't think it when this movie. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I, I, okay, this is what should have been my first line. I don't want to ever hear anyone piss and moan about Rob Zombie or Glenn Danzig again. <laughs> <laughs> That's how insufferable I thought this fuck this movie made Veronica 
like look like I, I don't know fucking Preston Sturgis uh, bringing up baby. It was it was uh, it was so for me. The bottom line was it was just really insufferable. Um, it, uh, it it's one of those movies. It's like it's it's the Veronica of action movies because it, it's like it feels like an SNL parody of a really self serious Luc Besson type caper movie. Only with five minutes, it's like this is very funny, you know. And then over two and a half hours, it it literally is hell. I mean, it is absolutely hell. Yeah, it, it is so far up its own ass. <laughs> so <laughs> <God. is> so <laughs> self serious. It's yeah, it's an hour and a half movie that sh it feels like when you're in high school and they say you need to write six hundred or it needs to be three pages long, and they're like, I only have one page, so they just double space everything. That's what this movie felt like. You added an ands and I think that's and yeah, yeah you, you put in the fill the words to make it work. Add a couple quotes, yeah. you know, you take a couple quotes of minority report, shove it in the purge. And, and until you have a two and a half hour nothing. Cause like this I I think the length is the main issue besides everything else. If this is ninety <laughs> minutes, I think it wanna be a fifteen to be like a thirty-four. Uh it's still not gonna be a good movie, but at least it's not just dragging because everything is drags on and on and doesn't go yes. anywhere every scene is yes. useless. every line of dialogue is useless i try to figure out the point of thing i kept losing the plot even though it's a very simple one like there's <laughs> yeah. there's no drive at all uh for a movie that ha literally has a timer on most shots there's no press pressing matter to it Oh yeah, yeah there's a sense of urgency. You need a sense of urgency in an action movie, or you at least need to have the action come so fast and furious that people don't give a shit. And uh, this is what I thought about, I guess this is a way to describe this movie to somebody who hasn't seen it. Um, imagine all of the dumb, poorly thought out exposition scenes in every bad action movie that's ever been made, then imagine the dullest, pokiest moments in all that exposition, all the excess shit, that, that any editor or director with any sense would agree totally needs to be cut out because it slows the movie to a crawl and it's stupid as fuck. Imagine someone thought they could make an entire movie out of all of that inert, flabby, expositional scrap and that they barely tied the shit together with half-assed narration that comes off as pure verbal diarrhea live on camera. <laughs> I, the, there you go. There's, there's, there's my... There's my rundown on kind of what if it, it just it feels like a bunch of bad exposition scenes horrible exposition scenes like outtakes from bad exposition scenes who fucking thought they were writing something here with some weird yeah. with some like so with bad uh voiceover with a opening crawl for a movie that's this long should should not be a thing uh before i get <laughs> into, into further uh i do want to say the basic plot for anyone who might listen to this simply because they like to listen about bad movies uh this takes place in the not too distant future next sunday <laughs> 80 of course um in which uh, it's about three days before the government's going to put in uh a sort of thing in the air uh that US makes you government not johannesburg government that's an important distinction right. to make. <laughs> oh yeah even though they're not really touch on that um it seems to be in detroit <laughs> but really it's all it's the entire united states where they they put this this uh they're going to put this thing in the air that makes people like quacker corns if they try and commit a crime if they if, the, the thing that keeps saying if they think or they know something is illegal I don't know how that's going to work in particular they they literally can't commit the crime uh so a couple 
poor, uh, like as in badly at this, uh, bank robbers decide they want to rob a bank for a billion dollars, but they kind of go at it with a really blase way about it. So, um, and that's kind of where, where it goes in that there's drama between them. There's the heist, there's this and that, but there's no real thing to it. And, uh, Jason just, uh, just quoted yeah, over heist, heist, which is something I wanted to get into because for a heist movie, there's no drive of finding out the heist comes together and seeing where everything falls apart or then finding out that extra level where they didn't tell us like the ocean 11, like the ocean movies or various con movies have where they have that. Okay. This is what's really yeah. going on. None of that's present. Yeah. yeah. After an hour and a half, I think I wrote down, they still haven't explained what the heist is or how they're going to do it. <laughs> or they never even really explained his qualifications to be even trying it in the first place. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I got a driver, then he'll finish for an hour and then he'll come back. <laughs> right, sorry. I know you. I, I, well, the other thing I, you know, it, it was really, there were parts of it that felt like kind of like, this is like a timelessly bad um, attempt at, at, at like an action exploitation movie. Cause who do you get? Like the most famous face in the movie is Patrick Bergen who's kind of everyone's favorite blandly handsome and kind of unpleasant British guy who specializes in playing blandly handsome and rather unpleasant <laughs> British and sometimes, in, as in this case, not so British guys. He gets to be like the main bad guy for three minutes, you know? Is he Michael Pitt's dad? I... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Michael Pitt yeah, playing yeah, Jason yeah. Muse. Yeah. Oh, God. There's a lot of B storylines in this one that go nowhere, but it does have, which is one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie, a great shootout scene where they're literally like an inch apart and they can't seem to hit each other or shoot through <laughs> the car. And it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen where it was just 10 minutes of shooting back and forth and they can't hit each other to save their lives. It was, it was really baffling to watch. Oh God. Yeah. The whole movie. I, and every, every single yeah, it's like you could tell that Megaton. Um, oh God, I just like calling it Megatron. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Who would be much more? Who probably would be much more adroit at directing this movie? Um, I, I, yeah, I, you could tell that uh, that uh, Megaton thought that every single like scrap of dialogue was was like either you know super profound or grandly symbolic, and it's all just bad it's like just bad 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 yeah yeah edgar ramirez uh yeah ramirez right yeah he's yeah. usually pretty reliable but this is one of the worst leading performances in a movie yeah, i have seen like literally in one a face long time he is no oh, christ i know vortex and, of charisma in this like I, yeah it's brick and it might as well have just been a brick act. Yeah, that was a, yeah. That was a perfect God, name, name for him. Stoic, unaffected performance. It's well, and, and you know what? Why would why a guy? The fact that a guy named that a guy with a slight Spanish accent named Ramirez is playing a character named Graham Brick shows you that these guys had the most generic fucking script possible, and they didn't even have the imagination to give this guy a a non like white man name you know i presume it's because it's, it's the graphic novel probably is a character i haven't read it yeah i never heard it before so i, I can't yeah, say I, that's where it's from but i can't imagine a graphic novel is this stupid it just <laughs> feels like they fed an ai a bunch of sci-fi and action movies and they're like write a script and this yes. is what came out there's just 
It's nonsense. It goes nowhere. There's storylines that just leave nowhere. Yeah, Charlotte Copley coming in at the beginning. And then... It looks like they're planning a heist, but the, at the end of their plan is just like, yeah, hey, we're going to go in and shoot a bunch of people. Why did that yeah, take that them was four their days plan. to figure yeah. out? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> shoot their way in. Yeah. They seemed to just drive in and out. That was pretty much the extent of that. Yeah, and, exactly. And well, and what, what are the, why the fuck did Charlotte, Charlotte Copley's fucking character exist? Why? Why does he exist in this universe? There's literally, I sat there watching it and thinking, you could have cut this movie down to a manager fucking, a manageable two hours by just fucking cutting out every reference to him. And you'd have like, a, a normal length movie that would be terrible, but, but would at least not quite be the Chinese water torture stressful stretch that it is. Yeah, I thought know? he was going to be there to kind of like, you know, kind of explain some of the details of how this works, maybe talk about how the cops are taking it, uh, you know, talking about the morality and the, the gray area of dealing with something like this, yeah. like choosing yeah. your free will. But he kind of comes and goes and vanishes for an hour. And like, what happened to him? Then he shows up again and gets stabbed. I, yeah, uh, I, by I, supermodel, uh, by supermodel scientist uh, hacker lady. Yeah, uh, and I, I thought that assassin too. Every, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, I do think that aside from, uh, for me at least, aside from uh, like uh, Patrick Bergen and Charto Copley, and to some extent Michael Pitt, the guy who plays um, Kevin. The yeah. bat, the, like the, Kevin the, Cash, the Kevin loose, Cash. another the, brilliant the name. loose cannon. You know, <laughs> we've got our loose cannon. You know, oh, you know, I, I, I thought the three of them, movie. the three of them, sort of acted, but everyone else in the movie feels like a lead in a uh, Skinamax attempt at a at a at like a self serious Luke Besson type movie. <laughs> Joe DeMonte. Like, this makes... is all the <laughs> between like the nude scenes, you know. That's and... that's what this movie. That's what their acting was at the level of, and even um, uh, even Ramirez, who again, as you said, is is you know from what I've heard, much more competent than this movie. Yeah, I don't think him and Michael Pitt were aware they were in the same movie. <laughs> well, I don't think gone. anyone did. There was zero chemistry in this yeah, movie. As oh God, as... I know. As much as Edgar was under, he was over Michael Pitt. Yeah, one of those tweaker characters that only exist in these kind of movies. <laughs> so I, I did like get a, a little bit of fun out of like the whole like screaming match between Michael Pitt, the the dad, the sister, and, and the, him just sitting there. Like that was like the most entertaining part was just that screaming halfway through. I'm like, okay, this gets like this for the rest of it. <laughs> Well, this, I sat, you know, it's just, oh my God. I sat there thinking as I was watching it that, uh, well, one of the things that I really, first of all, this movie has actually, I think, a pretty good soundtrack. It's got, it's got the specials doing uh, Message to Rudy, which is a great, like, early 80s ska song. It's got Depeche Mode. It's got a really cool band called the Alalaz do a few songs. There's a cover of the Stooges. Now I want to be your dog. There's a oh, 20 second song. sex scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing that was the thing that was so hysterical to me is it really literally felt like somebody left a Spotify playlist on it. It was just yeah. playing underneath the dialogue and the, and the sound effects. What the fuck? You know, 
can and literally with no artistry whatsoever just one song plays all the way through sort of maybe fits with the scene then another song starts after that there's no sense you know there's there's none of that like you know what they want to be of course tarantino-esque sense of of pastiche that comes out you know like kind of like uh, the movie version of hip-hop this is the movie version of a fucking uh, 30 second dodge truck commercial and stretched over 2.5 hours you know yeah i think this movie has the same problem that uh atomic blonde has where they set up a music like something's gonna happen and the music's ramping, you're, you're thinking an action scene's gonna happen, and then it just cuts to more dialogue and exposition. You're like, oh, exactly. all right, that was good. <laughs> you set me up to fail. <laughs> oh my God, exactly, you know? It's like, he's like, he, 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 is, he has directed this movie like, like the way that you would write if you were wearing a catcher's mitt and using a pen with the catcher's mitt. That's how clumsy it is, that's how like, awkward it is that's how uh, you know and there are a few good shots I'll, I'll admit there are a couple of shots where i was like hey that looks kind of cool just like static shots there's one towards the end when loose cannon guy get you know get shot or whatever and there's kind of a, a medium long shot and i'm like hey that looks kind of cool that's kind of nicely lit and then it's back to the it's back to the Skinamax actors, you know, yeah. it's, what's, yeah. it's what's interesting about that is how, uh, like how blandly it's generally shot. Cause I've seen, uh, I don't sure if I've seen his, his, uh, Transformers movies. But I have seen, you know, all three of the taken films and especially his two taken films are very energetic, uh, and lots of cuts, lots of, uh, lots of dumb cuts, like the, the famous 17 cuts to get Liam Neeson across the fence and taken three, uh, because he can't actually do it. So we'll have a bunch of people do it and we'll, we'll cut it together. Uh, but it was weird because seeing such a frantic pace of those previous films and coming into this where everything just kind of drones on was a big change. Like if it, if it, even with the length, if it was, if it wasn't, if it just was edited a little peppier uh had more going on i could get over the length it's fine because plenty of great movies are two and a half hours long like allison and i watched uh uh west side story last night which is also two hours and 31 minutes long the movie moves uh <laughs> this not so much i end up watching it breaking into groups i know jason you watched it for three days i end up watching yeah. <laughs> half hour spurts oh i minutes. was i i watched i i watched it i tried concentrating on it and watching it in full last night and failed miserably <laughs> Then I tried watching it today and I realized that, that it was actually, I was running it while I was putting away groceries, doing dishes, cleaning up my place. And I felt like I was missing nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I felt like it could, it was like, it was like vacuum cleaner noise with pretensions, you know, it was just nothing. I, I, I literally, I, I I half watched the second part trying to see if I could figure out what the fuck was up with Charlotte Copley's character and why X person was doing Y fucking thing and who this person was in relation to that person. And, oh, God. In those first, I, I was paying movie. attention, but I, I couldn't figure out who was doing yeah, for what. And this movie something that happened, like, why is this? Who Who is this person again? You know, there's so <laughs> much of that. And I don't know if we cut it down to 90 minutes, it would make things a little tighter, but there isn't a lot to go with. As you mentioned, there it's a heist movie without any heisting uh there, there's a heist without the plan that makes it works so there's isn't even 90 minutes there wouldn't be much of a drive to be done quicker <laughs> you guys again i had more fun with veronica 
than I did with this. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, incompetent. Bad. It's incompetence was more enjoyable than. Thank this. you. It, yeah, that's it's be, that's better put. But yeah. Yeah, but there's um, a, so you know, like talking about incompetence, I found it interesting where I went to uh, Reddit after watching the movie and kind of look, see what people were thinking because uh, sometimes they can people other people on Reddit can be like really into something that's a piece of shit or just trash something that's good or sometimes they're right on on cue. But I did the most the the credit the most the the posts are like I checked out after ten minutes. I checked out after twenty minutes. Like it was a like a badge of honor. I didn't find it to be that <laughs> terrible like straight up like at the beginning. Like it just it's slow, it just moved together. But it almost seemed like people were just bragging on it just because they heard how awful it is. Yeah, rather than actually watching it and be like, eh? you know. I can see yeah. like I'm 30 minutes in, I'm really bored, but like checking out for like five minutes being like, that was a piece of shit. It's like, it's edited. Okay. <laughs> it isn't like coming in with like a, like a pain. Well, this movie has two conclusions, which really threw me off. There's the conclusion <laughs> where his girlfriend gets stolen and it ramps up the action. I'm like, great. This is the end of it. And then I looked at my <laughs> clock and I realized I still had an hour of this movie to go oh through. Oh my God. Just, every- I couldn't understand it. <laughs> I think everybody who endures the whole fucking thing all the way through hits that exact same point and wonders that exact same question. Because, dude, you were reading my freaking mind. <laughs> exactly what I thought. Oh. And then there's the second conclusion. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and there's so much little. I kept expecting also more explanation of the, the signal. Yeah, I was just about to actually ask what you, how do you guys think like, that worked? Like, <laughs> what, like, you start going over the speed limit and your brain starts freaking out you just veer off or or like politicians taking a bribe does it just like something not work like the the mechanics of how the whole thing yeah whole oh, thing. the police can do a, a shot so it doesn't affect them that's you know does it wear off is that something do we do like this is like this is like minutia that i think about when thinking about these things it's like right. and so much of it is knowing that you're committing a crime if you're if you have unaware, no working knowledge of crime <laughs> You just you can commit them freely because you don't know you're breaking laws. <laughs> and the, the police are stopping whatever they're doing. They're all turning on their okay. guns. All investigations okay. are ending. <laughs> okay, my, my, you just came up with the great idea for the sequel, which is going to be this the this the son who is born to the Ramirez character and the Anna Brewster character. They're going <laughs> to raise that kid to. Uh, to be resistant to it or to not know what crime is and then just to tell him that it's a good thing to go yeah. rob somebody to go rob somebody but he's so he's gonna have a whole accidental heist you know oh if somebody tries to tell you not to take the money you just shoot him that's okay yeah. you know it'll be okay they'll be up tomorrow that, that suspiciously is. sounds like a kevin james movie <laughs> <laughs> don't give him that idea <laughs> But yeah, that's the that's the whole thing I kept bothering. Like, and other times, like, what are DUIs going to stop? Because that's like, some people aren't. Yeah, and this thing that are blissfully unaware sometimes that they're drunk. You know, I'm fine. You know, to get in, or is it like that that little bit of conscience in the back of your head, or people don't have a conscience, or don't believe in any crime? Yeah, or if the government makes something a crime, is immediately going to make you sick. Like, we don't want people marching anymore. We're going to legalize it, and then boom, everyone marching. Can you force your way through it? and just do it anyway well yeah michael pitt doesn't he sort of blow the whole thing up by saying oh because he's a so he decides he's a sociopath so the signal doesn't affect him because he <laughs> just exactly. doesn't care about anything so that's exactly his, his, well his big workaround well the big bottom line here i think is if the movie were fucking better you you would not poke so many holes through it you know 
I mean, Bob, Bob's, Bob focusing on all this minutia is a natural evolution of fucking watching this movie because it just invites that. You get so bored with it. It's like looking at beige wallpaper. You're looking for the cracks in it. You're looking for the places where it's a little yellow, you know. That's, that, that's what this movie does to you. It's crazy. And you can have a really big, heady concept like that and think it through like i know the of course the purge movies have a lot of their own issues but i've been watching westworld which don't spoil it i'm only six episodes in to season one they're all uh, robots. Oh boy. but there uh <laughs> but there's so much thought behind it like that's something my wife and i when we're watching it like i'm going oh how's this work what does this work what if this happens and i have a feeling that the writers all know they know the answers to every question i'm gonna come up with they may not tell us what that answer is but it's underneath the details and it might come up later it might come in there and the people writing that have this big picture that even if I'm only seeing a sliver of it, I know that they've taken the thought to, to work it through to make the world work. In this case, it's here's an idea, and shit it out. Like, yeah. like Bright did a couple of years ago, which with its really basic <laughs> social commentary, which didn't really think about how everything works. It, it's really surface level thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah, like after the heist, the big plans to get to Canada because of because apparently the signal doesn't cross borders. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> go across the, the river in Detroit over there. <laughs> it's, it's not explained again. So you how, could commit how... like internet crimes that take place in the United States and Canada and be okay. Yeah. So it's a struggle internationally and you can rip off everybody. Like crazy. I mean, Edgar Ramirez got burned and shot with a shotgun point blank, and he was still able to drive to Canada. I've never seen so much plot device armor in one movie that I've seen in this movie. It was unreal. So, bringing it burned, uh, I, I might have zoned out, and then I tried to pay attention, like I said. Oh, who was the guy who got burned in, like, there's that big sequence with the trailer? And it was, then he was the cigar okay guy, I out. guess. Yeah, that's the guy from the beginning of the oh. movie that he oh, okay. The guy at the, the beginning bathtub. with the cigar in his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah there it is. Fly, you know, he couldn't just spit up. it out. He had, to, he had to smoke it. He couldn't spit it out away from the, the tub. He had to yeah. get the tub. When that's up, like, I'm pretty sure I know... I'm pretty sure we saw this before. Yeah, now I remember the big explosion and uh, everything and that. So. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> how how he's completely doused in gasoline and you see the flames just go around him like a, like a safe circle. It's pretty amazing. He's able to escape that. He's like he's like the Moses of crappy action movies. But this shows like how Parting much how many the characters fight. they had that didn't matter that popped in for a scene, left for an hour, came back for a scene, didn't. Shout out to the movie. <laughs> Who is, oh, he's, he's such a good actor, like from like uh, Europe Report and and District Nine, and then he's been done so much other shit like along the way. Um, yep. It's like, ah, dude, you're better than this. You should be a big star, you know. Oh well. Yeah, he was in yeah, the right. Yeah. He was in the screenwriters. Some of his other movies, so I think that's probably the connection. Yeah, I think exactly. and yeah, some other. Because the the writer, the actual screenwriter, has done some respectable work. Yeah, I looked him up. No idea how he got into this. Yeah. Sometimes you got to pay the bills. You know, you, yeah. so you don't know something to be awful. Sometimes, you know. And I wonder if like it was like he made that first draft. Like, all right, I can cut this down. I can make it make it fit. I can work on this. And like, no, we're shooting next week. Yeah. What? I need it. I did my draft. Now I have to make it work. Oh no, we're good. Yeah, I wish I knew the budget. I couldn't find anything on it because it looks like it was probably at least, you know, 50, 60 million or something. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know if it's like there like this scenes, or, or what have you. There no are some scenes that look really cheap. There's there's some there are some there are some visuals in it and there are some scenes in it that look really cheap. I mean, there are some of the some of the times when they were filming in the dark. Uh, and it was like a scene with a bunch of the cops and actually um, with the, the femme fatale slash assassin, whatever, walking away. And then there were like probably like six or eight cops. And just the way the lighting was set up, it, it looked like they were in like the parking lot of a state park, but had like, <laughs> you know, and it just felt really rinky dink. And I mean, there were some good shots. Uh, there were some shots. I mean, very little of it, though, for me at least, looked. There was no. There was not a. Yeah, it didn't look immersive. It did. Besides the silver Hummer, which must have been hot as hell to come anywhere oh, near. Good <laughs> God, yes. Yeah. Burning up inside, okay. and as soon as you get close, it's poof. You know, it's going to reflect right into your eyes. <sighs> uh, the I did write. Look up the writer. He wrote. Um. Yeah, he wrote Blood Brother from last year, November Man, which I don't remember seeing. Oblivion, which I really liked. Uh, Trespatch is a piece of shit, and uh, Dead Like Me, a couple episodes of that, which is a great show. Mm. But uh, wow. but Oblivion's okay, <laughs> so that's something. I liked Oblivion. I know a lot of people didn't, but the Tom Cruise. I haven't seen it, so. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I just really, I, I it's so funny because I know a lot of people are the same way with bad movies that I am. If odds are, if somebody's describing a a bad movie and they're saying it's bad and you shouldn't see it, that sort of kicks up the intrigue of the forbidden fruit. And then you think, oh, I want to see this now. The problem is this is one of those movies that it's not fun bad, it's just, well, I mean, I, I take it back. For five minutes, it's fun bad. And then like it's like oh, right after that, it's, it just completely evaporates into tedium. It just becomes so dull so quickly. I mean... It's you know, yeah, I'm, and I'm finding that to be kind of a, a lot of the issue of uh, my particular manner of picking the movies. I didn't want to just do every for this podcast. I want to do this a bunch of the same movies everyone's doing that we all know they're awful. Uh, that's why I'm doing the lowest string of Metacritic, uh, besides yeah. Yeah. Uh, besides Veronica, uh, which just we had to do because it's Veronica. <laughs> uh, so many of these are kind of just boring and uh, makes it really like. Twitter was okay, you know, Emoji Movie's kind of like a slog. Date Movie was offensively bad. Uh, but then Vampire Suck was like, Meh, okay, that was a movie. Uh, that wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. <laughs> um, so we're, we're, get, we're not getting as much of the entertainingly awful movies yet. Uh, what's weird yeah. is some of those, when, when I was picking, when I was not picking through, when I was looking through Better Credit Ready to see what to expect in the future, some of those are about like three or four movies up because uh, you get the people who do say oh no that, that has some entertainment value of how bad it is so they give it a little higher rating uh, and yeah. these, we're getting all this stuff it's like no these are just you know these are just trash films so D's and F's across the board so you get these, yeah. like I was bored crap you know <laughs> more like I was entertained with this crap C you know so yes. that's the bad point of this but I don't I, I just don't want to get into like Troll 2 and The Room a zillion times because everyone else has talked about those yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. not even sure what what was supposed to be entertaining in this. <laughs> like, what was, <laughs> what was the idea? What do they think the audience would actually be into? <laughs> oh, I just think well, I, part of it feels like he's again he's trying to do uh, sort of a a, a high minded Luc Besson type movie, which means you know kind of by extent he's sort of trying to do a French New Wave type action movie. 
um, like a like a, a Melville movie, like *Le Samurai* or something, only without any of like the existential texture underneath it, and without the visual care, and without the symbolism that doesn't feel like somebody smacking you up the head with a bulky <laughs> hammer. You know, it's like it's like that was what he was shooting for with this, and that's why it's so dull, and that's why there's so little action in it. Yeah, they, I think this is the first time he's not worked with Basson, if I remember right. Uh, every other thing he's produced has been with Europa, uh, Basson's company. So mm -hmm. I guess breaking off on his own, the same thing when uh, Guy Ritchie broke off from um, his producer, Matthew Vaughn. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, so it looks like the, the producer here was the actual the talent. talent. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, not, well, there's something about, and I think this, you know, this sort of kind of like, meanderingly circling back i think that that was one of the issues with george lucas is that he was a great idea man and he and if he had a strong you know a strong force of will person alongside him on projects like say steven spielberg at least on the first raiders of the lost ark movie um he can do amazing work but without that synergy and without that um that solid collaborator he's kind of nothing and i think this might be the case here you know without basson mr megaton is probably not um is probably an emperor stomping around with very skimpy undies on yeah and it can happen for good directors too like uh talking about Tarant uh actually i didn't mention tarantino earlier it was in my notes so i didn't uh like something like Gory's bastard just two half or two and a half hours long which is you know tight as hell uh but yeah. after sally menke died uh he's kind of so yeah moved out without that voice but yeah uh, you need to rein it back in uh and like there's that there's that saying that you know you haven't really made your movie until you cut out your favorite scene yeah and this director just completely just kept in everything i mean I yeah mean, i shot it i don't know what scene difficult. matters <laughs> the thing is it's so loose uh the plot like none of the particular scenes matter so like Makes me wonder, like, all right, I need to keep it all in, so maybe people can suss out the the, the details of everything in order to make it through. Well, that and it just drops its film noir appeal. You know, it opens up in this kind of Blade Runner film noir with a with a voiceover and all, and then it just drops all of that about halfway through, and it forgets what type of movie it's trying to make. Within, you know, he kind of just is remaking chunks of other movies as his own vision, and it, it just is a is a complete mess. Well, he's got like about four lines of dialogue in each scene that actually moves the plot forward and a bunch of stuff other on either <laughs> side in which, but he doesn't know how to get to it. Like he he's cutting weight. He's coming in way too early and leaving way too late. Uh, so he's like, all right, leave it all in here. But uh, because if I just cut into this without the, without the flow into it, it was good. It's because no one's going to know what's happening. You know, no one's going to have any interest. So I guess he went the, the, the long route instead. Um, well, I'm like, you know, I'm at the point right now where I'm, I'm so kind of completely done with talking about this movie. I'm much more interested in talking about the mixed drink that I've made for myself <laughs> as I've been talking about this movie. Yeah, what, so uh, what drink do you have this liberty, week, <laughs> I will take the liberty of telling you that, first of all, I did find out that you can get a very cheap and pretty good bottle of Mezcal at Trader Joe's. And so I actually went to the U District Trader Joe's and the cocktail I'm drinking right now, I haven't named it yet, but it is a shot of mezcal, some uh, jalapeno infused lemonade, uh, blood orange soda, and a splash of pomegranate juice and a, a twist of lime. And it's really good. 
good. It's always fun to see what you're drinking every every time you're on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Now I need to come up with a a catchy name for it. And that right now is more interesting than anything you're going to see in fucking the last days of American crime. It's strange that for a two hour, 30 minute long movie, there's like literally 25 minutes of conversation to go with it. (laughs) Because that's how empty it is. Oh, God, yes. Anybody else? uh, Were there any scenes that in particular stood out to somebody as far as like, oh my God, what what a flagrant attempt to imitate X? You know, I think a lot of it had the energy of an early Guy Ritchie movie in just the way that he he tried to keep energy in there i think is the feeling i got a lot of it with the with the music choices and the 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 way he was trying to move it along it felt kind of like he just watched guy ritchie and boondock saints was his film school is what this movie felt like <laughs> and he was yeah. really 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 drunk when he did <laughs> yeah i definitely picked up some boondock vibes off it as well yeah this it was a very 90s feeling movie to me yeah it felt very aged yeah with the soundtrack choices being largely there was a lot of music from the 90s in it yeah very like you mentioned earlier had a very post tarantino just a very imitation of an imitation of an imitation tarantino is richie is little even yeah but it doesn't even but it it doesn't even have, it barely has any attempts at humor and every attempt None, at humor zero. is completely unsuccessful. You know, yeah, there's the one dialogue joke in there. <laughs> there's one joke in there where he's, he puts the bomb and he's like, it's 10 seconds, give or take. Yeah. And they look at it and you're like, why, why all of a sudden are you doing a joke right now? You had, <laughs> you had two hours of no jokes and then you've thrown one in. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the only time Ramirez's facial expression changed the entire movie. It's, it's, it's like they filmed the. Uh, he's so blank in that, and like, and then with pitch uh, performance, uh, it almost feels like they filmed the rehearsal and then put that up. Yeah, you know, you know I would again. There's there's a there's an outtakes feel to this movie. There's a there's a these are all outtakes of a real movie feel to this movie. For me. Yeah, I don't think we've done justice to just how over the top Michael Pitt is. Yeah, he was easily the most entertaining part besides that one scene there. And okay, Joe, like, but yeah, he might have like a Jason Mewes at his worst. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he looked Jason like Jason Mewes trying- when he was in the middle of his, his heroin phase. You know, so. yeah, mixed yeah. with some of uh, the Joker from the Suicide Squad and a little <laughs> bit of James <laughs> Franco in the. Uh, yeah, the pimp movie. I forgot that the name of it, but but um, the so, so Spring Break. No, not Spring Breakers. Yeah, yeah, Spring Breakers. Yeah. What, Spring Breakers. Okay. Yeah, I got that cue of the blingling, bring blingling. I can't speak today. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. But uh, Are we, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, yeah, Michael Pitt. I, I he's also another like talking about uh, Charlie Copley. Like he's another good actor who never really got a career that he deserved. Like I liked he's great in Hedwig some the Disney stuff he was in. Uh, other things I can't remember off the top of my head. Like I hated Murder by Numbers, but he was fine in it. Um, go ahead. He was in Funny Games. The Funny Games, that's what I was thinking of. It. Yeah, he's, he's good, and he's a good actor, and is fortunately his thing's going to die away. I don't know what happened or what have you. If he had issues or it's, just off the It's the jungle out there, man. Yeah. It's the jungle for actors, no doubt. 
but yeah, that was the last days of American crime. Uh, not, not that great of a movie. It's a pretty shitty movie. Two and a half hours of nothing. Uh, <laughs> any final comments for you guys to say where to find your stuff before we sign off this week? No, it doesn't deserve any more words. <laughs> it would be a disservice to, to humanity to belabor the dullness of this very overlong movie by making this podcast any longer than it has to be. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, but I did get a chance to see you, gentlemen, and I did get a chance to meet you, Mike. So, salute. That's always good. This is your Crypticon being canceled for the year so oh, but that's just, something to talk about another time but i'm just glad it wasn't canceled permanently yeah. sometimes this sort of thing can just take the whole thing out so i'm glad it's coming back at least oh yes, yes. I, I try, I try to be able to put something together so um run by good people with a good head on their shoulders so um, Amen. and the, uh so yeah this was uh anyone just go ahead and uh say where we can find your stuff and then i'll give the outro for this week uh tony uh, thesunbreak.com uh, is a, a film culture website that I write for and also artisthome.org. Um, I also occasionally write something uh, in addition to co-hosting. I also will occasionally write something for the City of Geek uh, website slash blog. So keep an eye out on all of those things. And I'll see you at the movies. <laughs> Jason? All right. Yeah. Jason Weiss again. Uh, all the music I do is up on laughingwindow.com. I got SoundCloud, Spotify, Bandcamp, a lot of uh, glitchy electronic stuff. Um, yeah. Check it out. And Mike? Uh, you can find me at YouTube backslash Outwest Productions or backslash Red Five Films. And again, I'm Bob Foster, and you can find everything that I'm doing at cv.com or at the worst movie of the year.transistor.fm. Uh, both. This podcast and City of Geek are on iTunes and Spotify and all those places. Uh, but cityofgeek.com, everything goes through there, but also on our Facebook, uh, you know, facebook.com slash cityofgeek, facebook.com slash worst movie of the year, because uh, everything goes through there as well for additional short reviews and notes and trailers and all that jazz. So you can find, uh, find yeah, if, you, if you're interested in being on one of these episodes in the future, uh, send me a message at cityofgeek at gmail.com and uh, we'll. It, you know, like, comment, subscribe, share. Tell us that you want movies for us to watch because I am willing to look at other movies that aren't on Metacritic or further up with enough um, requests that come through. Uh, next week's movie will be Daddy Daycare, so Daddy Camp. Uh, Daddy Day Camp is the worst movie 2017, 2007, sorry, on, on, on uh, Metacritic. And Daddy Daycare actually has like a 38, and it's the 70th worst movie of the year or something like that so it was a pretty bad year <laughs> in 2003 um so but i'm just doing both as, as a pair because i haven't seen the first one so if uh join next sunday when that episode comes up and uh we'll see you guys there <laughs>